And welcome, everybody, to the 6 a.m. Run Podcast. Always great to have you. I am your host, Mark Paisant. Thanks for joining us. We have a really good show for you today. And as always, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to the website to sign up to get 20% off of your first purchase of some great supplements and nutrition and gear. So today we have Andrew Calderella joining us from the show. There's a lot to say about him. I could give you a rundown, but I think it's best if it comes from him. Andrew, thank you so much for being part of the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Everybody always wants me to kind of start at the beginning of my life, give you a little rundown. I was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I was born with dyslexia and other learning disabilities, as well as a lazy eye. Now, the the lazy eye meant they put a patch over my good eye to make me look out of this bad eye. When I started, I was seeing 2200. So it was literally like looking out of cotton to see anything. Needless to say, uh, walking around with a patch over my eye, couldn't catch a ball to save my life, couldn't do math or spell, or was mocked relentlessly, called stupid every day. And the teachers got into it. I one teacher tell me I was in like fourth grade, too stupid to learn anything. I should just drop out and mock you in front of the whole school. Needless to say, uh, it led to a pretty tough upbringing and a lot of you know, being thrown in trash cans, almost drowned, all that kind of horrible stuff. Then uh, it wasn't for my mom. I, was, I probably wouldn't have made it. Went on to high school, kind of came out of my shell, and I did graduate from high school. I became a school leader. I was the vice president of the school. Always been an athlete. I was on track and cross country, played basketball, went on to college, was on the crew which is a rowing team. I uh, graduated with speech communications and theology degrees. I also was a programming commissioner for a little while. After that, I went on to Japan right after college, lived there for three years, traveled around all Southeast Asia, almost lived in Australia, came back to the U.S. My father was dying of cancer and started some businesses. And now after 20 years of plus of doing consulting and online marketing, strategic consulting. I finally wrote my first book, which is The Way. And I, the reason The Way has been born is behind all of these scenes here of the story I just told you, I've been kind of on a bigger mission. It all started when I was a kid. Along with my dyslexia and other learning disabilities, I also was given some gift in being like a genius in abstract thinking and other areas. So I made for a kind of dichotomy as a kid. I couldn't spell well, but I could do all this other crazy stuff well. But I've been collecting these like golden threads, I call them throughout my life, and doing all this research to try to figure out like literally like what are the steps? How do we, with all the details, become the best people we can be as people, as humans? And then how do we fix our society and make it a wonderful world to live in? And, you know, there's a lot of great thinkers and done, you know, studied everything you can imagine, all the philosophies and theologies and greatest thinkers of the world to find all these golden threads. And after like 30 years of this work, I was literally in 2015, almost lost my mind so many times, just trying to sort through all this information and put it in a way that can make sense to everybody. And then I was sorting out kind of the beginning and ending of the way. And I kept seeing my references to this is key to true success. And I put all these seven keys together in, in the right order. And it was seriously like a secret code got unlocked. I could see how I could not give everything, but enough of the information to really create a path for humanity 
to walk down to where we can all walk together, kind of create this firm foundation on these, you know, universal truths and golden threads and make better lives for ourselves, but also create a better world. And I kept sharing them with people. And it was like, you got to say this, you got to do this. And being dyslexic, it took me a long time. I mean, it's not like writing is easy. So it's deciphering code every time I try to write something. So anyways, in 2020, the first book came out. And since then, I've been trying to figure out how to get the message out in a different formats, going on some shows and doing some videos and things like that. And I do, like you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned it, but coaching and training, I'm doing training videos, all sorts of tribe building. We have a one movement, the one party that I, ideas I've been talking about on shows. So this is all just kind of getting started. That's why I'm on these shows. Anyways, that gives you a little rundown of kind of me and where I'm coming from and where I've been and that kind of thing. Thank you for going through all that. And that, that is a lot. And first, that, that's kind of, you know, kind of start at the beginning, like, you have turned in, I mean, it's obvious that you've turned into a successful adult, but growing up, hearing a teacher tell you those words, and you kind of mentioned your mother and thank God for her and, and the things that she did. But as a fourth grader, as a young kid, what, like, do you remember what kept you going? Like that, those are detrimental words. Like those are yeah. hurtful words and there shouldn't come from a teacher. And you know, what, what is the basis of you just to keep going, keep grinding? Honestly, it, I, that kind of broke me. I made up a reason to be sick. I didn't tell my parents what happened. My mom did eventually find out and all hell broke loose because of what she said. Um, and it wasn't just me. She did pick on some other students too that had some, one kid was like, anyways, just had really a bad home life and was beaten and things. And, and she just would lay into him like he was some loser, but we all knew that he had these major problems, but the teachers didn't seem to care. But yeah, no, it was, it was devastating. Uh, that's where I think, you know, it's not like I, I had it all together as a kid. I, from the young age, I mean, before like first grade, I had to wear a patch over my eye. So and it wasn't like I just wearing a patch and I'm walking around. It was like, I could barely see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. seriously, barely see. So my inner world was pretty vivid. I had a, I was very creative. Um, they'd done a lot of tests on my brain. Like my brain's connected in different ways at times where people's aren't and the communication center's bigger, all this weird stuff. But it just means I think differently. And I think those things, they, I also feel a lot more and I am affected by some of these things. And it was devastating. When you're a kid, you don't know that you can kill yourself. And then when you learn you can, and you're going through this stuff, you just kind of want to disappear. You don't know what the feeling is. You just don't want to be there. And you don't understand why it's all happening. And then after a while, it's like you keep waking up like as your happy kid wanting to have a good day. And then eventually you wake up and then you realize what the hell is waiting for you. And you don't want to wake up anymore. You certainly don't want to wake up to that. You want to live in this fantasy world or something else and just go away. And it People just, you know, I did overcome this eventually. Um, it was pretty traumatic. I actually have a video out on how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts, as well as addiction. That's why I think I also was on this path, like, everybody says this stuff shouldn't happen. Then why does it? You know, it's like everybody in the world I talk to wants all this good stuff, right? Who wants pollution? Who wants horrible business and governments and hatred? You know, it's like nobody. Nobody wants any of this stuff, yet our world is just filled with it. So it's like, why? And that's what I think drove me as a kid and a lot of spiritual experiences. I've always been very close to God, not of God, of a religion, but the real God. I actually had fights with priests as a kid, but um, about the, what they were saying, especially about their Holy Roman Catholic Church, like you're giving your allegiance to them instead of to God, which really kind of pissed me off as a kid. But the whole point is that I believe as a humans, 
right? All of us. We're all the children of God, made in the image of God. Uh, there's only one human race. You know what I mean? All the rest of this stuff is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like we're all equals and should be treated with respect and dignity and, and certainly helping our kids from the moment they're born, be the best people they can be is kind of the whole point of what everybody wants, right? That's what we want for our kids. Every parent wants that for their kids. We want to create a society where that is true, right? So for me, it's like, that's why I'm doing this. And again, I've given up a lot to do this. Like I said, when I say writing is tough, it's not like tough. It's like something that may take you five or 10 minutes may take me hours to write and get it to make sense and not have endless misspellings in it. And even then there probably is because I've spelled the word correctly, but it's the wrong word, you know, and I don't, not noticing it or whatever. But again, it's the ideas behind it. So that's what I'm trying to set forth. And you're right. Like I said, I'm not, I don't know if I just answered your question or not, but it was really tough, dude. And a lot of people don't make it for every one of me. There's probably a hundred kids behind me. They're in a grave or just having some horrible life now. Right. So. And that's, yeah. And, and the fact that you said that means that you're an empathetic person who actually thinks about that person who might not have made it, who might not have gotten through. So, well, that's why I'm doing this. We got to prevent that from happening. Yeah. And I applaud that. I definitely applaud that. So you did mention you, you were involved in, in sports. You did some running, played some basketball, were on crew. What did, and, you know, we have a lot of fitness people who listen to this show. What role did sports play in your life? Did it help you cope? Did you just use it as an escape? Like, how did you use sports and fitness when you were younger? Well, you know, psychologically, uh, when you work out, you relieve endorphins and other positive chemicals in your body, and it also helps clean out the negative. So there was that freshness of feeling like myself after you work out. And I was also been into martial arts my whole life. So I got into the spiritual side of martial arts. Like I said, I have degrees in religious studies and philosophy, concentrating on Eastern philosophy. So this idea of meditation and becoming one, you know, your true self, not having the world dictate who you are responding to that, but kind of keeping the shield around you and being your true self within, no matter what's going around you, was kind of like my mantra from when I was a kid. And that's kind of what my mom said. It's like, what these people are telling you is not true. You know who you are, be who you are. Don't let them push you off your path, take anything away from you. You know what I mean? Those, that's when I say my mom helped me because if it wasn't for her instilling these values and saying things like, you know, Edison and whoever, she named all these people that were super, you know, inventive like I was and creative and they did all this wonderful stuff and they had problems at kids, you know what I mean? So she would always use these examples to try to help me. But I think that that's the driving force of the world really is to try to figure out the solutions to all the problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, and I don't know if you've thought about this, you know, usually a lot of times, at least from my personal experience, what I've seen is that the kids that may have a little bit of a tougher road or a lot tougher road often are the ones that will excel in something else because they know how to try that much harder. They know what struggle feels like. They know what it's like to try to get over that hump. And you know, when you were playing sports, did you have, you know, as a young kid, and, and even now possibly, did you have something inside you that you always wanted to be the best at what you were doing? No, that, I don't ever remember feeling that. And I never really was, you know, what I mean? mm -hmm. especially like I played basketball. I was really good at defense, but man, I could maybe make a basket because I had no depth <laughs> reception. So it was just a hit or miss type of situation. There was no making it all the time track, cross country. I was good at running. You know, I, I got some first, second places most of the time. I've always been good at running. I mean, that's one of the things like running up mountains in the rain in the forest is like a, 
like that's what I, when I went to college, I went to uh, Humboldt University, uh, Northern California in the Redwoods. And it was like coming to, back to heaven. You know what I mean? I was like going in the forest and around nature and just running up a dirt trail. There's nobody around you. And that's my bliss, really. So, you know, I think that that punching bags or doing martial arts and things like that's a little different because you're not in the constant motion. I do get into that. Don't get me wrong. My dad used to come out, Drew, you have to stop because I'd, I'd punch the punching bag and shake the whole house. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. You know, after three hours, you just got to stop. So, but you know what I mean? It's like you, you get in that. That's why I like running though, because you could go out and run, especially if, if you have a nice, nice mountain to run on, you can actually get tired. Like I, I've always had a lot of energy. And what I think the biggest problem is with people right now is like, we think, oh, those kids have too much energy. They're not listening. It's because you make them sit around all day and you give them like these candy and food and stuff. And you expect a little boy who's physically ready to go just to sit down and listen to you all day. That's ridiculous. These kids need serious exercise. You know what I mean? Like running around for hours before they're going to get tired. And we are just neglecting our kids and then giving them drugs to kind of compensate for it. So I think like what my dad did with me, it was like, go. You know, get out of here, right. go outside and go run around the block three times and then we'll talk because I couldn't deal, you know, not only just have dyslexia, I'd kind of hyper, you know, just really, I don't know, it's really hard for me to sit down and just listen for a long time when I was a kid. So I had so much going on in my head. So I think that that exercise is one of the things that can calm you down because afterwards, right, if you get a good one, like you said in the beginning, like really good sweat, right, you really break it out. You come back and then I would meditate, you know, afterwards, there's five different types of meditation and I would go through each one of them, you know, center myself, clean and heal myself and really just focus on envisioning what I wanted to be and what I wanted to have happen. Gratitude meditations, all these kind of things. You go through all of that and it creates a, you know, especially like I said, after a workout, it's perfect because then you stand up and you're like, okay, I'm at one. Yeah. You know, then you go back out in the world and it kind of tries to shake you loose. You go back to that center again. You keep doing that over and over again. You know, let me, let me just share one thing. I always talk about people like, they're like, well, how do you do it? How do you actually make yourself into a better, better person? And let me just share this one principle because I think it's like at the center of everything. First is it takes about 90 days to build a habit, right? So what you're trying to do is incorporate the best traits that you want to have as a human being over every 90-day cycle because then they become your foundational habits. So for instance, the whole way is about living rational, positive action, which really is about integrating virtues and best practices into yourself, which are really the highest traits that we all want. So, and I literally walk you through on how to do it. So the idea is you wake up and you're like working on developing certain key uh, foundational habits as you go through your day and you go through that 90 day cycle, you will literally become a better and better person as time passes. And that's the really the key. I don't care if you're addicted to something, if you're depressed, if you're grieving, if you just take the basic steps and keep doing them, it will change you. You know what I mean? So no matter how dark your day is, how miserable you are, how much you think you can't ever get out, as long as you have that little spark and you take those steps like a breadcrumb trail, eventually as time passes, you will get better. And that's, I think that I just want to say that that's the hope. You know what I mean? That's, right. that's no matter where you are in life, you can make it better. So does that make sense? It does. So I want to, I want to stay on that because, you know, we have listening to the show, we have people, mostly, you know, older people, maybe over 40 that are either into running into fitness or trying to get into one of those things. 
So as a person who's maybe listening to this episode, who yesterday said, I need to get back to running, like I need to get back to taking care of my physical fitness is, you know, are you saying right now to that person, it's a 90 day plan? Or is it something that they can do beforehand? Or if it's something that somebody wants to be, because you've talked a lot about being successful and planning for success. Should that person put out a three-month plan to make sure they give themselves the best chance to be successful? There's so much in that. Okay, let me just start by this. I, in a way, what I found is you can't be truly successful in life unless you're successful in a lot of different areas, right? If you're physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in your relationships, in your work, you know what I mean? And you're uh, in the society, all these different areas of life, they need to be held up. It's like that guy, you know, that's spinning the plates in the air on those sticks. You ever see that guy? It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's oh, what yeah. your life is. Like, here's my relationships. Here's my health. Here's my finances. You know what I mean? And if they, any one of those falls down, it can seriously ruin you. So I've gotten over the whole idea of like, oh, just focus on this one area right now. No, you need to kind of take a broad approach to your life, your sleep, your eating, your exercise, your mental, your uh, relationships, and get these basics in your brain so you can try to live them. And so the way, what we talk about is like your daily way. So you guys can't see what I'm showing up, but there's literally like a map of what you're going to do is map out like your perfect day. And you can have a couple of these for future times, different types of days and whatever. But the idea is once you understand the way, you're trying to integrate these virtues and best practices into your day on how you're actually going to live and wake up and what you're going to do all the time. So the things you do and do not have nailed down, you're going to write it down so you have an idea, a map of what you're going to try to follow during your day. And I literally take it from the, the moment you start to gain consciousness in the morning to everything you're going to do before you go to bed. And we explain all the best practices in those, you know, throughout the day and all these different areas, especially the, the foundations of life, which are like, you know, we all do the same things as humans, right? We have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to drink. And so there's certain best practices that if you integrate those into your life in all these different areas, the idea is to take some of the best blocks that we all need to do something like when you first wake up, if you're really going to be the best person you're going to be and customize it to fit your life, right? Like I'll give you the, the bigger parameters and then you kind of integrate it in your life. And when you talk about running, I've always been a runner, but I also learned is you don't want to just be a runner because if you are, you're going to end up later in life with some serious problems with your body, right? So what you want to do is be more of like a human fit person that runs and swims and does all these other things to make yourself physically able to live your life, but also do it in a way that helps you live long and prosper. You know what I mean? Like you want to be right. 90 years old, still doing stuff, not having blown out your knees and done all this stuff because you did too much when you were young or you wore out your joints. So there's this balance. Like, let me explain. So before the age of 25, your body's still kind of getting up and developing. So at that point, you can pretty much work out as hard as you want, right? But after 25, you want to start to think about your longevity because you're not going to start fixing yourself like you did as a kid. The same thing with your mind. Your mind at 25 has kind of finally gotten to the point where you're more of an adult because it was developing before that. So the idea is then to make sure that we talk about 6 a.m. run. When I talk to people and I train them, I'm like, you're not going to get up and get out of bed and go running. You're going to get up, do this warm up, wake up workout to make sure your whole body is warmed up. So you're not going to put extra stress on your joints, your back and your ligaments and all these things that they're not ready for. 
And then after you're warmed up, you go through this morning routine is when you can go out any time after that and do a run. But that really, the first things you do in the morning, mentally and physically, really will help you set up the day and same things you do right before you go to bed. So it's like in the morning when you first wake up, we can talk about the little routine if you like. Oh, I, w- I would love that. I think a lot of people, not only the routine, you know, mentally and physically when we wake up in the morning, you know, definitely that routine that prepares us for our sleep and kind of prepares us, our body to shut down. So those two yeah. things, I- I'd love to get some feedback from you on those. Absolutely. I, I call it like, you got to master the sleep, right? So this, uh, what you do in the night before and the day before sets you up to sleep well, and then sets you up great for the next day. If you don't have a good sleep, you go to bed too late, you didn't eat properly, took caffeine too late the day before, all those kind of things. You didn't close your work day. You're still thinking about all this crazy stuff. So let's start there then. Let's start with the, you're living this crazy day. It hasn't gone the way you want, but you're off work. What do you do? Okay. So you got to separate yourself, right? You are you, right? You're not your roles that you're filling. You got to realize that. So your work role, your you know, father role, whatever it may be, are things that you're doing, but they aren't necessarily who you are. So you need to kind of step back, center yourself. You can do a, a run, a workout, or something, 10 minutes. And I have a lot of many workouts. Like people don't realize, you, like you should seriously be working out all day long. Like just stand up every hour for five or 10 minutes. You can do quick punches, kicks. You can do some nunchucks. You can do dance moves. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. It doesn't matter just how many, I talk to people all the time. Like how many times do you raise your hands above your head? People, especially in the office. I never raise my hands above my head all day long. And as a chimp type body person, you know what I mean? That's like a key exercise we all need to be doing is moving our bodies around and hanging by our hands and things like that because it stretches out your back and whatnot. So, so you're off work, you do this little center exercise and you're setting yourself up. Hopefully you haven't had caffeine very late, so it's not going to mess up your sleep. I always tell people in the morning, if you want to have some, that's fine. I advise taking natural caffeine as a pill instead of drinking coffee all the time because coffee is a diuretic, which can like pushes more water out of your body than you put in. So you got to compensate for that. So coffee is good for you once in a while, but it's just not all the time, all day long. So you have your, your day is done and you got to have your morning, your ending routine. And this is where you would, you got to close up the day. So you, if you're working at home, put everything away, make it all nice and ready for tomorrow. If you're leaving the office, set yourself up for the next day, write a little note. Hey, when you get in here in the morning, do this, you know, have your next day kind of planned out, but put away the day. So then you, then you're exercised, you're kind of at one and then go through the evening, whatever you're doing with your friends and family and home life and all of that. And right before you go to bed, you got to plan this out. So there's a few things that you need to do, obviously, is brushing your teeth and taking care of yourself. And so you map all that into the here and how to do it properly. But it's also about spending this time to wind down your body. So you do not a full on workout, you're doing like a cool down slow down, meditation, you can listen to a book, something like that, where you're just out in your own world. You're not looking at your phone, all electronic gizmos, everything is off. This is just you and your time. And I talk about my time a lot. My time is where you separate from the world and you're just your happy self, no matter what's going on. I don't care what it is in your life. You can't have negative stuff affecting you and the chemicals and all that stuff all the time. You've got to have time for yourself. I call it my time to just be this good you know, holistic person that isn't uh, <laughs> bombarded by all this negativity. So if you set yourself up, so you go into bed and you meditated, you've done this little stretch, you've listened to your book, and then I offer some techniques on how to put yourself to sleep. And one of them 
is more of just like a fantasy type thing. You just, you can go into a movie you've watched and participate. You can make up a story of your own. It's just to get your creative mind kind of separated from reality and floating. And eventually you should be able to fall asleep within five or 10 minutes. And again, I'm going to have a whole training on this. It's in the, in the books, um, the whole sleep regimen like that to go to sleep. So then you're asleep. God willing, if you're doing it right, you've exercised during the day and all that, you're tired. So uh, you sleep through the night. Now, when you first wake up, oh, let me just stop there. Does that all make sense? Do you have any questions about what I said so far? No, I, I'm following. I, I have some follow-up questions, but I'm following everything. Yes, thank you. And I'm running through this kind of quickly. I probably yeah. leaving out a few things. But uh, then in the morning, the first thing you got to realize is like you're going to gain consciousness, right? Slowly sometimes. Sometimes it's fast. I don't advise using an alarm clock. If you do this right and you learn to train your, your body, you go to, oh, by the way, some of the keys to sleep are total darkness. You need to go to sleep and wake up within a half hour uh, every day. Okay, if you change your sleep pattern all the time, you go to bed super late one day, earlier the next, whatever, it's going to mess your whole life up. You need to go to bed at the same time. If it's like, let's say you say it's 11 o'clock. So between 1030 and 1130, you need to be like ready to go, like you're in bed asleep. You know I mean? Your whole routine is done. If you have to speed that routine up or whatever to make that happen, then do that. That consistency, seriously, if you, if you haven't done this, uh, especially young people who party on the weekends and they're messed up all week and they do it again and again. If you go three, four weeks of sleeping on the same time every day, your pattern will get to about seven hours, eight hours to where you'll know you'll wake up naturally at that time. You don't need an alarm clock. And again, if you bounce your caffeine out and all that kind of stuff. So when you're waking up, you're going to start to gain consciousness. And when you do, there's a, there's a key here. There's a point before you gain consciousness. I learned this when I was really young because when you start to gain consciousness, you can feel your true self, but then you can also then feel the whole world um, once you realize where you are and what's happening, kind of feel like that feeling of what that feels like when you integrate with yourself in this life. And it's like, uh, if your life is hard, right, you get this crushing feeling of horror, right? Or, you know, maybe you wake up and you're like, oh, good, I get to go and do this today. You know what I'm saying? So, so you can see before that and during that. And I just say that because there's certain levels of consciousness play that you can start to deal with spiritually that will help you to stop if you're dealing with that horrible stuff happening beforehand you can kind of play with this little shield and pushing it and all this and i'm not going to go there but so then you wake up you can straighten yourself in your bed do a little uh warm up deep breathing center yourself in your mind and what i'm saying is like you're not grabbing your phone you're not doing anything you're this is your time to become who you are during the day before anything happens this can take 20 minutes an hour it's really up to you but you start here in the bed and if you're uh, get into used to just warming yourself checking yourself out making sure everything's okay don't just pop out out of bed that'll help you as a longevity exercise so when you're old you already have that in place and you're not going to hurt yourself getting out of bed but if you do when you're young you'll avoid that then I always advise, and I've been hurt a lot. Like I was hit by a car, laid out for five, seven years where I could, couldn't really oh walk goodness. or anything. Sorry to hear that. So, <laughs> but this is wow. the routine I use. So I'd slide out of bed and go on the floor and do a yoga, warm up, wake up exercise, right? So that I recommend for everybody. And don't think of yoga like, oh, it's some weird twisty thing. Just think about it, think about it like it's active stretching. Like you're, you're not just relaxing into it. You're holding your muscles tight as you're doing this. And it's really like working and helping you warm up all your muscles and your ligaments. And as you're doing this in your mind, right, I always think it's always mental and physical. Like people at the gym, when you're doing your workouts, whatever it is, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking, 
I'm strong. I can do this. Yes. You know what I mean? Or are you just like, wow, that TV show the other day, you know what I mean? You, you can have mental focus here. And we talk about meditation and there's a certain type of meditation that's like a focused meditation. So it's visualizations, it's concentrating on words. And if you're working out, like I'm strong, I'm fit. I'm, you know what I mean? I, all of these different words and you're confirming who you are and what you are during the day. So you do this warm up, wake up workout, and then you do a little mini meditation session so that kind of sets you up. So that's kind of like your very start to your day and the very end of your day. You know, does that make sense? Oh, wait, I forgot a couple of yeah. points. I want to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, one is during that warm up, it's very important to start drinking water, right? So you start hydrating yourself right there. Take some, you know, vitamins or whatever that you need in the morning. Eat an apple uh, or some other type of, of fruit like that when you first wake up because it will start activation of your metabolism. It'll help you stay fitter. And eating fruit in the morning is really good because people say, oh, sugar, sugar. But in the morning, you need a little sugar, right? It's like a, a little stimulant for your body. And natural sugars out of fruit is what God intended you to eat. So, and I'm not talking juices. I'm talking literally like eat an apple peach or something like that as you're waking up, drinking your water and stretching and doing all that. And that will really help start your day. Make sense? It does. And the, the part I wanted to follow up on is, as I think a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I definitely have some friends who have brought this up is, is a lot of people think self-care is selfish and <laughs> it's tough because the world we live in is, is we're constantly being judged. We're constantly being told we're doing something wrong. And the moment we want to do something for ourselves, we're bombarded with, well, why don't you do, you know, we have, don't you have kids? Don't you have a wife? Don't you have friends? Don't you have family? It's like, well, I, I need this 10, 15 minutes for me. Like I need this hour for me. So, yes. you know, I'm glad you're bringing up the fact that, you know, physically and mentally, not only is it okay to take care of yourself, but you need to take care of yourself to be successful. Absolutely. So I would say it like this, you can't be your best being a parent for your kids, being in a relationship with your wife, if you're not your best person that you can be, right? So if you're neglecting your sleep, if you're neglecting your health, you're going to be crabby. You're not going to be as attentive. You're going to be a little more moody. You know what I mean? Have all sorts of problems that affected you. I can't tell you, most of the guys I have coached that are really successful in business, have a lot of money, a lot of different offices, whatever it may be, a lot of times they're the most unhealthy and have the worst relationships that you've ever met. I mean, they're smokers, they're overweight, they've divorced three times, their kids they don't even talk to or really know. And I'm like, is that what you wanted when you started this? And no, not any of them ever say yes. Yeah, I wanted to be divorced. I'm so happy I didn't get to hang out with my kids. And you know, I mean, it's the complete opposite. So what I always try to do when I talk about coaching now, I used to do just business coaching, and now it's more holistic and where it's Look, we got to balance out your whole life. So it's certainly, you know, mental and physical, but it's also emotional, you know, and it's spiritual too for a lot of people. And if, if it's spiritual, not necessarily in God religious sense, but just getting out in nature, finding something higher and more fulfilling than just this roles that you're fulfilling in life. You know what I'm saying? So it's finding this, this, I call it being your true self. You're trying to get on your true path to your true self. And if you have a mate that's doing the same and you're working at this together and then you get your kids on that path, you're all on it. You know what I mean? And you're explaining things to your kids on how to handle this path, how to deal with this negativity and the positivity. You have a whole society that's helping back you up with this knowledge on literally how to do it. I mean, this is the dream. This is why I'm, I'm trying to do all this stuff because there are serious answers out here. I don't understand. It's, it's like, even as a kid, 
It's like the whole world is insane, right? It's like, this shouldn't be, but that's what is. That shouldn't be, and everybody knows this shouldn't be, but that's what it is. And I'm like, why is this this way, mom? You know, it's like, nobody knows. I'm like, that's what I wanted to figure out. Why is it happening and how do we fix it? And that's what I feel like I've done because every time I share it with people, they're like, yeah, that is why it's happening and that is how to fix it. (laughs) So, and again, it's like, we all want this. So if we could just join together in the right way with the right knowledge and take the right actions, we can fix anything. And the same thing with your life personally, with your business. If you don't know what those actions are, those best practices, that's where we all kind of are losing our minds because we have a couple of them. We know this is right and we know that's right, but then in the middle, we're just so messed up that, yeah, these two great things do not overweigh everything else that's messed up, right? It's like literally right now in the world, we're killing what they call the lungs of the world, the Amazon rainforest and the Congo rainforest. Those are the lungs of the world. They power oxygen for all of us and they're literally like two companies that are destroying them all. What the, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, literally, how does that even intellectually to anybody make any sense at all? So and who are the people that are doing this and why aren't they being outed? Why aren't the companies being, you know, the people that are doing this, the countries that are being bribed into doing this, why aren't that being outed? You know what I mean? It's like we in the human race have been corrupted to the point where we're accepting corruption and that is corruption in itself. So it's like all these good people standing by and doing nothing or not knowing what to do or doing some things and not the others and whatever else. It's like, we're all too there's so many good people, but we're just not together. We're not focused. We're not, you know, really working together. And that's where the whole idea of the one movement and the one party come in and the one tribe is that this is where we can gain the knowledge and take these actions together. I mean, just look at how many environmental groups and civil rights groups there are in the world, right? There's so many. It's ridiculous. It's like, imagine if all of them were also then grouped in one group and we went, here's a international rights of bill for the human race and how policing should be handled. And we get that pushed through on every nation that will take it. And the ones that don't, we say, okay, you don't go to these countries because mm-hmm. you go there, you're going to be screwed. And we, you know, we play it off. We can do a lot of things. We could buy the rainforest. We can make deals with Brazil. We can give them an annuity. So they save the rainforest. There's so many solutions to the problems that we have in the world. It's just that the good people are either sitting by, they don't know what to do. We're just not grouped together. I don't know. I just went off on a few tangents. Here, but No, you're, you're, you're fine. And I, I appreciate you even being, you know, that, that open and transparent about the things you're, you're passionate about. And you, you mentioned the coaching aspect of it. You mentioned that you've kind of transitioned to more of a life coach and instead of a business coach, but the people that you coach who, and I'm about to give some people listening to this, maybe a few pointers and, and maybe some, <laughs> we'll see, but you know, there's always what I've heard and, and I've been through, you know, I've had basketball, soccer coaches in the past. I've been a coach. I've had leaders at, at businesses that have, you know, I technically look at mentors and coaches, but a good coach always, I, I felt personally, finds that aha moment with their client. It finds that moment that they not only can look at and see that resolution, but they start to believe in themselves. They actually start maybe the first time in a long time they believe in themselves. You know, is that something that you purposefully go for or, or is your coaching sessions organic? How do you, I, I kind of want to get, cause you're, sure. for everybody listening, I, we're looking at each other eye to eye. <laughs> Andrew is a very high energy, passionate person. And it is, I mean, it's tangible. So, but you know, you have to have those coaching sessions where you just can't get that person 
they don't have the belief in themselves. They don't think they can do something. I can't be successful. You know, I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. My relationship's falling apart. I don't know how to get you know through in business. Yeah. I, you know, sure. how, you know, when you have that person who doesn't have that self-belief, like how do you help them reach that level of belief in themselves? Sure. Actually, there's so much I can say. Like, you're right. It is personal. You have to customize a session to the person. So I can't speak to everybody on how I would do it with you. But really, the, generally, though, we're all the same, right? So when I talk to people, because of what I've been through, they know, right? I'm like, look, if a half-blind dyslexic kid who was almost murdered as a kid can, you know, rise up from wanting to kill himself to doing what I'm doing, why can't you just integrate these five little things I'm talking about into your day? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not right. using that as just kind of a subtle example, but one of the keys I think for all of us to realize is why not you? I mean, if there are examples of a hundred people that did succeed that have had worse situations than you have, then as a human, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you have the steps, if I literally show you how you can wake up and start to change your negative mindset and, you know, one of the things when you first start meditating, same thing with yoga, it's like people are like, oh, I have to have the most advanced move. It's like, I can't do it, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm like, no, you need to start like laying on the floor and just lifting your, your chest up an inch or two off the ground with your hands. I know you can't do the full backbend thing and whatever, but can you just do this? That's where I started. I was broken in a car accident, couldn't walk, couldn't stand up straight. My back, you know, uh, ruptured discs, the hip was out, everything was broken. Uh, so, you know what I mean? If you're recovering from that point of, being a super athlete, super fit, and then hit by a car and can't walk the next day, it's beyond challenging. So what I do, I think a lot of times, what there's two things that a coach can really do for people. One is it helps hearing people tell you you're full of shit. Excuse my language. No, you, you can know, curse that, on this show. It's fine. <laughs> okay. You know that, that you're wrong. Your negative attitude is what's holding you back. This is the way you need to force yourself to think and say, look, it's okay to take baby steps. It's okay to crawl. I crawled to the bathroom for years, because if I got up in the middle of the night and tried to stand, my whole back would go out and I'd be ruined. Like everything I did the previous day would be out the window. So I literally had to crawl to the bathroom. You know, if, if that's what you have to do for a while before you can stand, then crawl for God's sake. You know what I mean? And don't feel bad about it. And again, there's a lot of mental exercises, a lot of knowledge that I try to impart or that I do impart. So it gets you to this understanding, like when I'm doing this course, right, we're having this course, it's called the Life Essentials Masterclass. I'm just shooting it now. We're in the last fifth session of this. It's free. But it goes through these big concepts because what I found is we got to get all on the same page regarding these big things before we can even talk about some of the smaller things. So the first course is what is the meaning of life, right? We talk about the rules of life, uh, free will, choice, all these big things in that class. The second class, what is the uh, true goal of life? I said, what is the meaning of life and the rules of life in the first one? What is the true goal of life in the second? We talked about the difference between success and true success and kind of what we did here about having a holistic life, keeping all these pieces going. And then the third class, we literally outline how to achieve the true goal of success and what the four characteristics of the solution are that people have been seeking throughout all of human history that have to be had if we're going to succeed. And then the fourth goes through all these seven steps that are kind of in the way briefly outlines. I give some uh, golden threads that can change the world, but I obviously couldn't cover the whole book in an hour, but I do go through it. And then the fifth is graduation day, which really kind of shows the next steps uh, that you need to take and join together and, you know, the hope hopefully to, to make all these big changes in the world and within your life. And then kind of once my, my people understand these big concepts, 
it's a lot easier because if you know, like the true goal of life is for you to become your true self, live your true life, go to heaven, help create a better world, this kind of big stuff, which is really the summation of all religion and society and what parents want for their kids, really. It really helps you focus. It's like, well, I'm having a challenge. I'm having negative. I got to change positive. This is my challenge in life. Yeah, that's why you're here, dude. It's not, it's, this isn't heaven. You're not a puppet. You know, God doesn't want to just go do what I tell you to do. It's like, you got a choice, man. You got to wake up at 6 a.m. and stretch out and do your life. You're going to lay in bed and watch Netflix all day. You know what I'm saying? This is your choice to decide who you make yourself into. And if you want to create yourself into the best person you can be, you just need to take certain actions. You need to have certain understandings. You need to do certain things if you're going to achieve that goal. Does that all make sense? It does. And I appreciate you laying it out like that because I think, you know, what there's a lot of, lot of good things in there, but the two of the big things that I heard there, which I think really resonate with me and, and with a lot of people is the first is that we have a lot more in common than we do, you know, as di- you know, differences in our lives. And I think that gets lost a lot. I think it gets lost a lot. And people think, you know, everyone has their own agenda and everyone wants to do a certain thing. It's like, hey, we all want to we all want to be successful. We all want to be healthy. We all want our kids to grow up in a future that this earth is still here. Like that's, that's one of the things we want. And secondly, is that we want to feel good about ourselves and about the world. Like I have never woken up in the morning and been like, God, I wish today is a crappy day. Like I hope today <laughs> is crappy. I, you know, I hope my dog throws up on the floor. I hope my wife yells at me. I hope my kids don't listen. Like I just hope today this is the worst day. So, and that sounds really complex to a lot of people. Like it sounds really hard to a lot of people, but sometimes it's about, and you mentioned this before, and I want to kind of just you know, walk through these things that people understand because you're not the first person to say, hey, you should stay hydrated. You're not the first person to say that. You're not the first person to say, hey, you should be on a sleep schedule and monitor your sleep and get enough sleep at night. Like you're not the first person to say that. In your line of work, I would assume you probably deal with people who overcomplicate the crap out of things and just need that gentle voice in their ear to tell them, hey man, you have this choice, this choice is yours to be positive, to take 10 minutes for yourself, to raise your hands above your heart every hour, to stand up from a desk. Like, I'm sure you see that person that just in their head, you can see it, you can see their eyes kind of spinning there and everything's kind of spinning. And you're like, hey, hey, let's, let's bring it back and let's just calm down and let's just simplify this for you real quick. Yeah. Well, the whole simplification of the complex is something my dad told me as a kid. So if you look at the way, it sounds simple, right? Living rational, positive action, integrating virtues, best practices into your life over 90-day cycles, makes you a better person, understanding different facets of how the world works, uh, society works, will help us make informed decisions. All of that sounds simple, right? But it, it also is complex. But I think that that's where the way is different. Okay, when you mentioned like people talk about hydration, people talk about this. When you take the holistic approach like I have with the way and the 30 years of research and all these different things, it's putting all of those golden threads together. You know what I mean? Like the biggest problem I think in the world is right now is that, look, it's a lot of work, man, to go doing all the research, reading all the books and trying to find all those thousands of bits of knowledge on how to be your best physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your family, in your relationships, you know what I mean? Communication and your work and success. It's insane. So what I did is I found all of the major foundational pieces, all these universal truths that we all need to know that build up this foundation that then you can add on to. So it's like, 
yeah, you may have heard this, this hydration thing from this guy, you know it's important, but you haven't heard all of the details that I go into, into how to really hydrate yourself and clean your water and do all of that. But then you put that together with the you know, other foundations, the five foundations, the living rational positive action, you know, I mean, how to success versus true success. I don't, know, I don't want to go through the list again, but you know what I'm saying? You put all that together and you get something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And again, people have said like, this is the, an upgraded think and grow rich for the masses, right? So it's not only teaching you how to be successful in, in business, it's teaching you how to be successful in life. You know, this idea, you know, if you take a thousand different super wise people and you find their best ideas and then you take them all and you put them into a book, it's not just listing out their ideas. You see these connections that if you put them together in a different way, it, it equals something even greater. And I, I think that's what people see in the way. You know what I mean? When I share this with everybody in the solutions, it's like, yeah, I don't have to go and spend you know, uh, 20 years of my life and go, wow, I wish I knew that when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody's doing that. I'm like, let's just get all this knowledge down right now. You learn it, teach it to your kids. Two generations from now, we're in a whole different world, right? Because now we're all being brought up in a certain way. Everything changes. So knowledge, enough knowledge in all these different areas is what makes a difference. And I think that's where it's like the 6 a.m. run is more like, get up and get your day going in the right way so that you can run for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Until you're 91 years old or, you know, whatever, you're still running up that mountain and not broken in some hospital. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do people get in contact with you? How do they find you online? Where can they purchase the book? How do they see everything that you're doing? Sure. The hub for everything is our website, seven way me. That's the number seven W a Y dot M E. And that's really like, you can contact me there. We're still working on the website. You know, these things are always a project, but the way all the places you can buy the book are there. Uh, you can see on the homepage ways to sign up for the masterclass I was talking about, join all the different groups on Facebook and whatnot. We're just trying right now to set this all up for the next book comes out. And uh, really, I don't know, you know, there's so many uh, moving parts to this. I, I really just want everybody just to join and, and let's get this started. You know what I mean? Everything that's big in the world that's changed things had to start somewhere. And it usually just starts with a few people. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm saying that if we're going to go soon on the show, I guess, that there's hope people. You know what I mean? Don't be a good person and be so jaded that you're like giving up. Like he said, we still have a world right now. We can fix things. Okay. Seriously, in two years, we had a billion people, all this money and power. We could literally go around the world and fix most of the problems in the world. It is not as hard as everybody's making it seem. And if you think it is too hard, help the people that don't see it as being that difficult and doable and watch what they can do. Don't stand by and do nothing because then you're part of the problem. Right? Complacency is not a good excuse to not get things done. So I appreciate that perspective. Um, Andrew, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Everybody go to his website, check it out, buy the book, do your best to make this world a better place and know that we're, we have a lot more in common than we think. And I love it. One human race. So Andrew, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate it. you take care of yourself and you have a good one. Okay. You too. Thank you everybody. 